Act three of Trinumus, the Three Pieces of Money by Titus Maxius Plautus, translated by Henry Thomas Riley, eighteen sixteen, eighteen seventy eight. This is the LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act the third, scene one. Enter Cleicles and Stasimus. To what effect were you speaking about this, Stasimus? That Lesbonicus, the son of my master, has betrothed his sister in those terms. To what person has he betrothed her? To Lysiteles, the son of Philto, without a portion, too. Without a portion? Will he marry her into a family so rich? You are telling me a thing not to be credited. Why, Faith? you would be for never believing if you don't believe this at all events i shall be believing what that i don't care a fig for your belief how long since or where was this matter agreed to on this very spot here before his door pointing at philto's house this moment like as the man of prineste says and has Lesbonicus, amid his ruined fortunes, become so more frugal than in his prosperous circumstances? Why, in fact, Philto himself came of his own accord to make the offer for his son. Calicles aside. By my troth, it really will be a disgrace if a portion is not given to the maiden. In fine, I think, faith, that that matter concerns myself. I will go to my corrector and will ask advice of him exit i pretty nearly guess and i have a strong suspicion why he makes such speed on this namely that he may turn lesbonicus out of his bit of land after he has turned him out of his house o oh, carmides my master since your property here is being torn to pieces in your absence I wish I could see you return safe, that you might both take vengeance on your enemies, and give the reward to me, according as I have behaved, and do behave towards you. Tis an extremely difficult thing for a friend, to be found really such as the name imports, to whom, when you have entrusted your interests, you may sleep without any care but lo i perceive our son-in-law coming together with his neighbour something what i know not is wrong between them they are walking each with a hasty step the one is catching the other that is before him by the cloak they have come to a stop in no very courteous fashion i'll step aside here a little distance I have a wish to hear the conversation of these two that are to be connected by marriage. He retires to a distance. Scene two. Enter Lysisteles and Lesbonicus. Stay this moment. Don't turn away and don't hide yourself from me. He catches hold of his cloak. Lesbonicus shaking him off. Can't you allow me to go whither I was proceeding? 
If, Lesbonicus, it seems to be your interest, either for your glory or for your honor, I will let you go. You are doing a thing that is very easy to do. What is that? An injury to a friend. It is no way of mine, and I have not learned so to do. Untaught as you are, how cleverly you do it. What would you have done if anyone had taught you to be thus annoying to me? You, who, when you pretend to be acting kindly to me, use me ill and are intending evil. What? I? Yes, you. How do I use you ill? Inasmuch as you do that which I do not wish. I wish to consult your advantage. Are you kinder to me than I am to myself? I have sense enough. I see sufficiently well those things that are for my own advantage. And is it having sense enough to refuse a kindness from a well-wisher? I reckon it to be no kindness when it does not please him on whom you are conferring it. I know, and I understand myself, what I am doing, and my mind forsakes not its duty, nor will I be driven by your speeches from paying due regard to my own character. What do you say? For now I cannot be restrained from saying to you the things which you deserve. Have your forefathers, I pray, so handed down this reputation to you that you, by your excesses, might lose what before was gained by their merit, and that you might become a bar to the honor of your own posterity? Your father and your grandfather made an easy and a level path for you to attain to honor, whereas you have made it to become a difficult one by your extreme recklessness and sloth and your besotted ways. You have made your election to prefer your passions to virtue. Now, do you suppose that you can cover over your faults by these means? Alas, tis impossible! Welcome virtue to your mind, if you please, and expel slothfulness from your heart. Give your attention to your he-friends in the courts of justice, and not to the couch of your she-friend as you are wont to do. And earnestly do I now wish this piece of land to be left to you for this reason, that you may have wherewithal to reform yourself, so that those citizens whom you have for enemies may not be able altogether to throw your poverty in your teeth. All these things which you have been saying, I know, could even set my seal to them, how I have spoiled my patrimonial estate and the fair fame of my forefathers. I knew how it became me to live. To my misfortune, I was not able to act accordingly. Thus, overpowered by the force of passion, inclined to ease, I fell into the snare. And now, to you, quite as you deserve, I do return most hearty thanks. Still, I cannot suffer my labor to be thus lost and yourself to despise these words. At the same time, it grieves me that you have so little shame. And, in fine, unless you listen to me and do this that I mention, you yourself will easily lie concealed behind your own self, so that honor cannot find you. When you will wish yourself to be especially distinguished, you will be lying in obscurity. I know right well for my part, Lisbonicus, your highly ingenuous disposition. I know that of your own accord you have not done wrong, but that it is love that has blinded your heart, and I myself comprehend all the ways of love. As the charge of the ballista is hurled, so is love. Nothing is there so swift or that so swiftly flies. 
He too makes the manners of men both foolish and froward. That which is most commended pleases him the least, that from which he is dissuaded pleases him. When there is a scarcity, then you long for a thing. When there is an abundance of it, then you don't care for it. The person that warns him off from a thing, the same invites him. He that persuades him to it interdicts him. Tis a misfortune of insanity for you to fly to Cupid for refuge. But I advise you again and again to think of this, how you should seek to act. If you attempt to do according as you are now showing signs, you will cause the conflagration of your family, and then, in consequence, you will have a desire for water with which to quench this conflagration of your family. And if you should obtain it, just as lovers are subtle in their devices, you will not leave even one spark with which your family may brighten up. Tis easy to be found. Fire is granted, even though you should ask it of a fool. But you, by your reproof, are urging me from my force to a viler course. You are persuading me to give you my sister without a portion. But it does not become me, who have misused so great a patrimony, to be still in affluent circumstances and to be possessing land, but her to be in want, so as with good reason to detest me. Never will he be respected by others who makes himself despised by his own relatives. As I said, I will do. I do not wish you to be in doubt any longer. And is it so much preferable that for your sister's sake you should incur poverty, and that I should possess that piece of land rather than yourself, who ought to be upholding your own walls? I do not wish you so much to have regard to myself, in order that you may relieve my poverty, as that in my neediness I may not become disgraced. That people may not spread about this report of me, that I gave my own sister without a portion to you, rather in concubinage than in marriage. Who would be said to be more dishonorable than I? The spreading of this report may do credit to you, but it would defile me if you were to marry her without a portion. For you it would be a gain of reputation. For me it would be something for people to throw in my teeth. Why so? Do you suppose that you will become dictator if I accept the land of you? I neither wish nor require, nor do I think so. But still, to be mindful of his duty is true honour to an upright man. For my part, I know you, how you are disposed in mind. I see it, I discover it, I apprehend. You are doing this, that when you have formed an alliance between us, and when you have given up this piece of land, and have nothing here with which to support life, in beggary you may fly from the city, in exile you may desert your country, your kindred, your connections, your friends, the nuptials once over. People would suppose that you were frightened hence by my means and through my cupidity. Do not fancy in your mind that I will act so as to allow that to happen. Says Stimus, advancing. Well, I cannot but exclaim, well done, well done, Lysiteles, encore. Easily do you win the victory. The other is conquered. Your performance is superior. This one, pointing at Lysistelis, acts better in character and composes better lines. By reason of your folly, do you still dispute it? Stand in awe of the fine. What means this interruption of yours, or your intrusion here upon our conversation? 
the same way that i came here i'll get me gone step this way home with me lysitilis there we will talk at length about these matters i am not in the habit of doing anything in secret just as my feelings are i will speak out if your sister as i think it right is thus given to me in marriage without a portion and if you are not about to go away hence that which shall be mine the same shall be yours but if you are minded otherwise may that which you do turn out for you for the best i will never be your friend on any other terms such is my determination exit lesbonicus followed by lysistoles scene three stesimus faith he's off do you hear lysistoles i want you he's off as well stasimus you remain alone what am i now to do but to buckle up my baggage and sling my buckler on my back and order soles to be fastened beneath my shoes there is no staying now i see that no long time hence i shall be a soldier's drudge and when my master has thrown himself into the pay of some potentate i guess that among the greatest warriors he will prove a brave hand at running away and that there he will capture the spoil who shall come to attack my master i myself the moment that i shall have assumed my bow and quiver and arrows and helmet on my head shall go to sleep very quietly in my tent i'll be off to the forum i'll ask that talent back of the person to whom i lent it six days since that i may have some provision for the journey to carry with me exit scene four enter megronides and callicles according as you relate the matter to me callicles it really can by no means be but that a portion must be given to the girl why troth it would hardly be honestly done on my part if i were to allow her to contract a marriage without a portion when i have her property in my possession at home a portion is ready at your house unless you like to wait until her brother has disposed of her in marriage without a portion after that you might go to philto yourself and might say that you present her with a portion and that you do it on account of your intimacy with her father but i dread this lest that offer might bring you into crimination and disgrace with the public they would say that you were so kind to the girl not without some good reason that the dowry which you presented her was given you by her father they would think that you were portioning her out of that and that you had not kept it safe for her just as it was given and that you had withheld some part now if you wish to await the return of Carmides, the time is very long. Meanwhile, the inclination to marry her may leave this Lysitiles. This proposal, too, is quite a first-rate one for her. All these very same things suggest themselves to my mind. Consider if you think this more feasible and more to the purpose. Go to the young man himself, and tell him how the matter really stands. Should I now discover the treasure to a young man, ill-regulated and brimful of passion and of wantonness no faith most assuredly by no means for i know beyond a doubt that he would devour even all that spot where it is buried i fear to dig for it 
lest he should hear the noise, lest, too, he might trace out the matter itself, if I should say I will give her a portion. By what method, then, can the portion be secretly taken out? Until an opportunity can be found for that business, I would, in the meanwhile, ask for a loan of the money from some friend or other. Can it be obtained from some friend or other? It can. Nonsense. You'll certainly meet with this answer at once. Oh, upon my faith, I really have not anything that I can lend you. Troth, I would rather they would tell me the truth than lend me the money with a bad grace. But consider this plan, if it pleases you. What is the plan? I have found out a clever plan, as I think. What is it? Let some person now be hired of an appearance as much unknown as possible, such as has not often been seen. Let this person be dressed up to the life after a foreign fashion, just as though he were a foreigner. What is he to understand that he must do after that? It is necessary for him to be some lying, deceiving, impudent fellow, a lounger from the forum. And then what after that? Let him come to the young man as though from Seleucia, from his father. Let him pronounce his salutation to him in the words of his father. Say that he is prospering in business and is alive and well, and that he will be shortly coming back again. Let him bring two letters. Let us seal these as though they are from his father. Let him give the one to him, and let him say that he wishes to give the other to yourself. Go on, and tell me still further. Let him say that he is bringing some gold as a marriage portion from her father for the girl, and that his father has requested him to deliver it to you. Do you understand me now? Pretty nearly, and I listen with great satisfaction. Then, in consequence, you will finally give the gold to the young man when the girl shall be given in marriage. Troth, tis very cleverly contrived. By this means, when you have dug up the treasure, you will have removed all cause for suspicion from the young man. He will think that the gold has been brought to you from his father, whereas you will be taking it from the treasure. Very cleverly and fairly contrived, although I am ashamed at this time of life for me to be playing a double part. But when he shall bring the letter sealed, don't you suppose that the young man will then recollect the impression of his father's signet? Will you be silent now? Reasons innumerable may be found for that circumstance. That which he used to have he has lost, and he has since had another new one made. Then, if he should bring them not sealed at all, this might be said, that they had been unsealed for him by the custom house officers, and had been examined. On matters of this kind, however, tis mere idleness to spend the day in talk, although a long discussion might be spun out. Go now, at once, privately, to the treasure, send to a distance the men-servants and the maids, and... do you hear? What is it? Take care that you conceal this matter from that same wife of yours as well, for, a faith, there is never any subject which they can be silent upon. Why are you standing now? Why don't you take yourself off? Hence, and bestir yourself. Open the treasure. Take thence as much gold as is requisite for this purpose. At once close it up again. But secretly, as I have enjoined you, turn all out of the house. I will do so. But, really, we are continuing too long a discourse. We are wasting the day. Whereas, there is need now of all expedition. There is nothing for you to fear about the seal. Trust me for that. 
This is a clever excuse to give, as I mentioned, that they have been looked at by the officers. In fine, don't you see the time of day? What do you think of him being of such a nature and disposition? He is drunk already. Anything you like may be proved for him. Besides, what is the greatest point of all, this person will say that he brings, and not that he applies for, money. Now, that's enough. I am now going to hire a sharper from the forum, and then I will seal the two letters, and I'll send him thither. Pointing to the house of Carmides. Well tutored in his part to this young man. I am going indoors, then, to my duty in consequence. Do you see about this matter? I'll take care it's done in the very cleverest style. Exit. End of Act Three.